sand through the hourglass. Today is the longest day of my life. Welcome back to The Longest Days of Our Lives, a 24 fan cast. I am one of your hosts, Jack Bauer superfan, Mike Cushing. And I'm another one of your hosts, 24 newbie, Curtis Perry. And I am your third and final host, Michael Howard. Guys, welcome to the 7 p hour. 7 p.m. hour. The 7 p hour. Seven, that's welcome what all the, the cool seven. kids Wait, are doing now. Dude, if you're peeing seven times in an hour, um, you're old. I have or... a glandular problem. <laughs> the witching hour. Yeah. No. God. <laughs> How many witches are in this season? We've seen so many witches. Um, yeah, guys, um, a pretty good episode. No deaths. Sadly, we'll get into mm, that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but, Shit did uh, not pop off as much as I thought it was going to off pop. Yeah. They're yeah. Se- they, a lot of, they're setting the chessboard. A lot of pieces are in place mm-hmm. for, for popping. Yeah, still happy about it. You know, a lot of things could motion. Um, so even though there wasn't, the, you know, a murder volcano set off yet, I, I got a feeling. You got a feeling? Things are going to happen? Got, um, got a feeling? So We should trust um, your feelings. Yeah, Curtis, you mentioned before this episode you might you might have a little bit of hatred coming out 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 you this episode. Yeah, do. Yeah, do. <laughs> Feed it to me like grapes. Just oh, <laughs> I can't wait to hear I it. I mean, it's gonna start off early, dude. I know. It's gonna start off like at the first second of this episode. <laughs> all right, all right, gentlemen. Well, quick recap. Um, in the last episode, final moments. Uh, Kim Bauer was arrested in a drug bus gone bad at uh, Ergon. Very well, I guess, for a drug bust. Um, <laughs> drug deal uh, gone bad. Yeah, drug deal gone poorly. Uh, so she's arrested along with uh, Frank Mounts and Rick and uh, the anti-Kim Melanie. Uh, Tony Almeida uh, arrived at the Bauer household in the nick of time to kill Yo- uh, Jovan uh, to save Terry Bauer's life. And uh, we left Jack uh, Bauer and George Mason walking through a field just as the sun begins to set and a, a military helicopter poppies. has just flown overhead. Was it a field of poppies? No, not at all. Oh, okay. No, no. It was literally just a desert field. Yeah. Well, we open with the sun setting in L.A., a sign perhaps of things to come. Uh, yeah. Jack. So, by yeah. the way, uh-huh. the sun set on March 7th, 20, 2000, which is the day of the California <laughs> presidential primary. Of course at, you did this. At 5.55 p.m. So they're an hour late. Well, I mean, it doesn't get pitch black at sunset. Uh, it also doesn't go from light to dark in five minutes. Yeah, good point. It real dark real fast. It did go from six to midnight, as it were, uh, in a in a heartbeat. Um, so we see the the red California sun peeking down under the horizon, and uh, Jack and George are walking through the field with some flashlights and. Mason just says it's getting very dull here. Uh, and Jack points out that the helicopter did a flyby for a reason. And then he finds a trap door hidden in the ground. And Mason's only response to opening a door in the floor of the forest <laughs> is, there's nothing here. Just, We're wasting our time. Just a random door of dirt. Yeah, dude, what the fuck is this lost? Like, I was like, we found the hatch. What, why? Where? <laughs> it's... Probably nothing. I want to go home now. Also, they've only been there for like 20 minutes. And it's like an entire several acre park. And he's just like, nah, I'm bored. Speaking of that, Jack spends an inordinate amount of time this episode just running through a, like, essentially a nature preserve. It's like 20 acres. Mm -hmm. And he's just running and happens to find the thing. Um, (laughs) But so 
Jack says, hey, Alexis Raisin paid someone to turn the power off here at 7.20. We got 20 minutes to go. And Mason gets a phone call, apparently gets some excellent news. And he tells Jack that Alexis Drazen is coming out of surgery and he wants to be there when he wakes up in 30 minutes. Wasn't, does Mason still have Jack's phone? Because Mason's phone was supposedly dead. So that's what, that comes up later. Yeah, I think he must have had Jack's phone and I think he walked away with it because later in the episode, Jack needs to borrow a phone. Um, So either Jack is an idiot, which, (laughs) hey, possible. Um, They're underground. He needs to use a special underground cell phone that works underground. I was going to say his phone works like he didn't get signal in the middle of L.A. at like 4 p.m. earlier, but he gets crystal clear signal to the Pentagon Mm -hmm. uh, from a cell phone under in an underground bunker later. Sprint phones only work underground. That's their (laughs) that's their plan coverage. Uh, Spoiler alert. They don't work anywhere. I own one. Um, so anyway. Uh, Have you tried going into a class three detention facility? I bet they work great. I haven't. Mm. Um, so Mason is going to go off to see what Drazen has to say when he wakes up. And Jack tells him to go ahead. Uh, he wants to see what happens here at 720. And Leave Mason me out says, in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> That's essentially what he says to do. And Mason just says, you were fed misinformation from the the file from the Pentagon. Everything you know is wrong. Um, So Jack just says, send a car back for me. I won't disappear on you again. And Mason says, I don't have time to argue. And he just leaves Jack to run around the field in the dark, which he does happily. Um, Yeah, that's not good procedure, I feel like. Um, Jack's on provisional status, and you're just like, you know what? Just stay out in the fucking forest. Yeah, I like that Jack has to say, like, I won't run off and go murder people again, like without that's permission. Not, like that's not true. Yeah, don't, at all. Don't your mouth is writing checks. Your trigger finger cannot cash. I also don't understand like why Mason can't just wait seventeen minutes. Like they know it happens at seven twenty. It is according to Jack seven oh three. It is seventeen more minutes. Just hang out in the goddamn field. Mason, I mean, to his point, he's got like they they already stopped the mission to cut the power. Right. And he and Alexis is the their best link to this cell to stop, you know, the assassination attempt for Palmer. So he's just doing his job. Right, But they don't know that the power's cut off, as we find out later. They clearly something is happening at 720. Yeah, probably probably best not to find out, though, because if you don't know what's happening, you don't have to do anything. You probably just ignore it. Yeah. Well, see, you would assume that smart terrorists would have a contingency plan in place. You know what? No, we'll talk about this one later. (laughs) I just I um the way that. That they've planned this out, um, and their backup trigger was really stupid, but we'll get there. Yeah, oddly, this meticulously planned military operation, <laughs> um, <laughs> falls apart at the drop of a single thing changing. Um, yeah. so we cut to the Bauer house where Tony is comforting Terry and pulling, pulling Phil Park. Pulling Phil Parslow out of the house to his car. Try saying that five times fast. Uh, pulling Phil Parslow. Nope, didn't do it. Um, so uh, Tony Phil goes to the Parslow. car. Tony pulls a med kit out of his car to treat Phil's gunshot wound. And uh, Terry is just freaking out because she remembers everything about Kim being exploded multiple times. Um, and Tony Tony tells her that Kim's alive. He, he talked to her. She like she made it out of the explosion. And uh, they get they all get in the car. Terry finally calms down. She's helping Phil Parslow in the back seat. No, she didn't want to help Phil at nope. all. This is what this is my first bit of hate here. This was such bullshit. I get it. You're scared for your child. 
but I'm trying to help your friend here who helped you pull through this issue with his gunshot wound into the car. And all you're asking me about is, is Kim okay? Where is she? For the love of Christ, let's get in the goddamn car with the shot, man. And then we can get you, get to your stupid daughter. Mm, yeah. Okay? So. You need to calm the fuck down. So there, uh, Tony, <laughs> as they pull out, Tony calls the CTU against Nina. And he tells her that we found Terry, killed a terrorist. And uh, Terry's also got a pretty good friend with her and that he's been shot. Um, so he's hit, hit every, but not too badly, which not seems too badly. awfully convenient. He was shot in the shoulder. Um, but yeah, so apparently one, everyone's got a pretty finely tuned been fucking sense uh, around CTU, which I guess I guess Tony would have to. Um, so Nina tells him to bring Parzla to the clinic to get treated and questioned and then bring Terry to CTU. It smells guys, like everyone who goes to the clinic gets dead. That's so true. So Phil Parzlo is dead, right? It, he gonna die. Tony pulled it like, you know, he's a good friend. It's it's it almost smells like they've been fucking, but not quite been fucking. He just says a pretty good friend by the look of it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and like literally all she's doing is tending to his gunshot wound in the back seat. It's like it's like, yeah. Then yeah. we get well, in. Tony there. may think Tony may think if I make Nina feel better about fucking Jack, she doesn't feel so guilty because Terry been fucking mm. then mm. maybe later today I also will be fucking mm. sexy long I, I have I have burned I have burned a couple fucking bridges today with my lady. Mm. But I would like still to be fucking. So he's trying. Do you think he's at the end- Tony's Thinking on so many levels right now. We I mean, as we know from earlier, Nina's only his boss at work. It's <laughs> true. Tony is in charge at home because Tony does his fucking job. Do you think that he, uh, like, at the end of the day, they're going to be like, oh, man, I've worked 24 straight hours trying to stop Palmer from being murdered. And uh, you want to get a, you want to you know, get it in real quick before we go to bed or Just pop one off? Yeah, maybe pop it off. If you successfully, if you successfully avert a major terrorist plot. And and kill a couple dudes. To, in a little bit. to the victor go the spoils. And at yeah. that point, they're both victors. They they both get spoiled. So not even like a nap, just like straight to it. Just yeah. yeah once you once you fall asleep after working twenty four hours straight, you're sleeping for a day. That's a good point. And again, they were up the day before. They, it's forty eight hours going on. That's a good point. You know? Yeah. Um. So anyway, real quick, we see uh, Kim uh, and Rick arriving at the uh, police station with the ginger cop. Um. Rick basically uh just says, "Tell them everything, even what happened at the safe house, and tell them everything I did, ha- everything I had to do with you being kidnapped. I'll back you up a hundred percent, even if we get in trouble." So uh, the ginger cop first takes Melanie, the anti Kim, back for processing, and then takes Kim and uh, leaves Rick chilling sadly on the bench. And uh, we get our first tiny clock. It is 7.08 as David Palmer walks into a bedroom where Nicole is laying on a bed reading a magazine. And uh, she's just relieved that she doesn't have to live with the secret of uh, Lyle Gibson's death and the cover-up anymore. And uh, he tells her that they're going to have to face some questions that she won't like to deal with, but they'll get through it if they stick together. They have a nice hug. And Sherry Palmer walks in in the background and we hear... Per the subtitles, foreboding instrumental music. (laughs) Foreboding instrumental music. My personal favorite. Guys, there was so much, there were so many different adjectives to describe the instrumental music in the subtitles in this episode. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Pretty wide range. We have have another good one coming up in a few minutes. There's some tasty ones. Um, So Sherry walks in and says, I didn't mean to interrupt your celebration. Which seems like a little, I got odd thing to say about like, 
telling your daughter she's gonna have to face reporters about her her mm, rape and yeah. the rapist's death mm. you know whatever um so david says well you could have joined it and she says i'm not in the mood to celebrate the end of your campaign you just gave your concession speech do you really think people want a president who acts like a guest on a bad daytime <laughs> television show confessing his sins publicly which all signs currently point to yes mm-hmm, so yep. you know whatever mm-hmm. um <laughs> And David just says, well, it's always possible they want someone honest. Mike seems to think I still have a shot. And Sherry says, well, it's Mike's job to tell you what you want to hear. It's my job to tell you the truth. To which David responds, you're not qualified to tell me the truth. That was cold. Cold. Every scene between them is just, it gets colder and colder. Well, so we get get some frost dropped at the end of this scene because uh, Sherry tells him, I hope your conscience comforts you when you realize this is finally all over. And Uh David, voice rising above a middle C, please take a drink, says, You mean the campaign or us? And uh, Sherry stops at the door looking like kind of hurt and just slowly closes it, (laughs) which she does like nine times in the last like four episodes, like the slow door close. (laughs) And we see David sitting on the bed in the mirror and he's got like the most sourpuss fucking face Mm -hmm. on. Yeah. Ugh. So much better than you, you fucking asshole. You sanctimonious piece of <laughs> Curtis, feed me your anger like grapes. <laughs> Please. No, it's gonna it's gonna rise and get better. I just I just like just his face. His face and his attitude here. Yeah. This, this, oh god. He no, had like I can't. Yeah. So we cut back to um Jack walking through the field at grid twenty six double G. He checks his watch and we see that it is seven twelve, which for we also see wait, go ahead. it's a Rolex. What the fuck? Again? He's wearing a Rolex in the field, friend? <laughs> Jack is earning that cash. <laughs> when you're killing, uh, you know, Slavin and Milosevic is uh, number two, you, you get, maybe you get a little bit of the spoils? I get I get that. Like, you can you can have a Rolex, but don't wear a Rolex in the field. He's had time to change today. Yeah, but he uh, had to- Five, five times he had to put on that, to that, that sweet- He's still wearing that Rolex? He had to put on that sweet shirt from that other dude. He had it's to look a, good. It, it is a tactical Rolex, though. <laughs> <laughs> is it really standard <laughs> issue for all ctu <laughs> regional directors <laughs> uh sure. which by the way i'm gonna go ahead and say that checking the watch as closely as we did is close enough to a tiny clock to take mm, a drink so i agree please go I ahead agree. so we also we miss a- we also miss though the poignant instrumental music oh during the Sorry, Michael. <laughs> during the palmer the palmer scene well um i don't know so what poignant few- instrumental music is but they nailed it you- much like porn, Michael, you know it when you hear it or see it, whatever. Um, so we have a few minutes until 7.20 when- No, I know uh, porn pa- when I hear it, for sure. <laughs> you'd, do you? You'd be are surprised. You sure you, are you sure you do? Um, yeah. So- There's bad music in a lot of shit now. <laughs> porn or work now? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Drunky McGee. That's, that's, that's a callback to a to a original Adam Sandler. Yeah, but I don't even think Kush knows about that. I honestly didn't hear what you said. So, are these two guys having sex? Working out. <laughs> You're having sex. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't even know what that is. That's from Adam Sandler, oh, man. man. What is it? Yeah, uh, we'll go, we'll, what the hell happened to me? I don't know, but that was when we were in high school. Yeah. So Yeah. yeah. That was before I was allowed to listen. Because shouldn't have been listening to it that age. (laughs) That was was before I was allowed to be exposed to pop culture. (laughs) No one should have been listening to it. No, not just pop culture. This was bad. This was real bad. (laughs) 
Moving um, on. So Jack is walking down a moonlit path uh, a couple minutes till 720 when the power is supposed to go off. He sees something behind a broken gate with his flashlight and he vaults that gate. And then he sees a concrete concrete staircase descending into the ground. And as he starts to walk down, we we cut away and see a commando of some kind. Dude, this make just a radio a call. Silent Hill game. Yeah. Finding some creepy stairs in the moonlight and then walking into some weird dungeon type place. No, fuck that noise. This is Resident Evil Silent Hill shit. Maybe it's a Legend of Zelda, Link to the Past. Found that dungeon. No. no. Either nope. way, I'm not going down there. <laughs> yeah, I'm no, not no the hero of time. I'm not whatever his face is from Resident Evil. Uh, not going down there. Don't forget also, Jack is unarmed. He does have a what? gun. No? Does he? He should have a Mason gave him a gun? He should have had a pi- Well, no. I, I, he usually has a pistol on him, but I, th- I think he was unarmed for the meeting with Morgan. So I think you're right because right. he- Usually they show Jack strapping up, and he didn't. I don't think he was. Uh, I think you're right. I don't think he didn't go into his his bag bag of murder and get anything out. Um, but yeah, as man. we find out pretty quickly, Jack eventually does find himself a weapon. Um, that he does. So we hear a commando make a radio call to someone uh, called Alpha One, which it turns out to be Andre Drazen. They tell him that Jack has just gone below. Uh, we see Drazen wearing some military gear instead of a nice sharp suit, and. Uh, Andre asks what Bauer's doing in it here, and the commander just says, well, he wasn't invited, that's for sure. <laughs> he wasn't invited to the field in the middle of nowhere to our secret staircase. Weird. It would be um, weird if he was invited. Be like, well, he was invited. Andre's like, why did you invite Jack Bauer to our secret uh, thing here we're doing? He's like, I don't know. It just seemed appropriate. I mean, I'd be like, well, we figured you would fail at killing him all day, uh, we so s- we thought we'd do it for you. <laughs> we s- we kind of just did it. An evite blast to the yeah, whole mailing list that we weren't really didn't have a whole lot of trigger discipline on the send all. So. Yeah, Jefferson here just heard that Bauer was involved in some way in this thing, mm-hmm. so he just invited him and whole family. all the people. I yeah. was inviting Andrew Butler, and he's like right next to him in my email box. Yeah, so it's it's always the way it goes. Yeah. So Jack descends down the staircase and comes to a flat brick wall, which he starts banging against as one does, <laughs> and um, guys. We get one of the most visually and sonically unpleasant things I've seen on television in a long time. This, this, uh, this what happens? Sonic, he got sonic, strobed, and tased. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was impressive. Mm-hmm. So a side door opens. All of those strobes go off. Sirens go off. Two men walk out and tase the shit out of Jack. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, he yells like a baby. Then he falls to the ground and goes unconscious. And two men drag him inside the facility. Wait, I have a very timely joke. Mm-hmm. Don't, ta- don't tase him, bro. Get it, mm, no. get it, guys? Nope. Don't do that. Like that, that dude. This happened three... I met that man before he got tased, <laughs> and uh, as soon as I learned that he was tased, I said, good, I wish it had been me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That dude... Yeah, he, he, he was a douche nozzle. Andrew Meyer sucked on ice, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> that guy fucking was the worst. Yeah. You no, no, first. no. Definitely tase him, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Like actually, you never, bro too. You also tase him. Everyone yeah. here, just tase him. Give me it. I want to ride that lightning. Give me the gun. Whatever. <laughs> All right. So we cut to commercial at seven fourteen. We get a quick commercial break. Come back at seven sixteen. Uh, Jack wakes up on a cot oh. in a prison and uh, crawls over to a metal toilet and immediately vomits. Uh, gets a little drinky drink of water and then uh, the door buzzes and. Uh, Guys, who walks in? Oh, boy. Fucking Lou 
Diamond Phillips. Like, it's the man I'd want to see if I'd just been tased. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wake up. Hey. I was mad about being hey, tased. I was with Diamond Phillips. It's all LDP. Thanks, man. I'm, yeah. I'm okay so, with it now. So I, yeah. I do want to, I was going to ask you guys, in my notes, of which I took way too many, I did refer to him by his character name, DeSalvo. Should I call him Lou Diamond Phillips yeah. the whole time? Yes. Okay. Yes. Sure. That's his name. Yeah. No. So yeah. Jack starts to explain who he is and Lou Diamond Phillips stops him and says, I know who you are, Jack Bauer. I checked you out. Uh, we learn that he is Agent Lou Diamond Phillips from the DOD. <laughs> and uh, Jack Jack is trying to clear his mouth out with uh, the water fountain. And he says, whatever this place is, it's obvious no one's supposed to know it's here. And uh, Lou says, well, you seem to have found it. O- so, sorry. You seem to have found it. Okay. This is a prison facility, class three detention center. So what the hell are you doing here? So Jack kind of breaks down the assassination attempt. Do the on classes Palmer go that, up in in like more secretive, or do they go down like DEFCON? Based on the restrictions here that Lou Diamond Phillips is operating under, that he's not allowed to know the identity or even talk to the prisoners there, I would assume a class three is a little bit more secure than uh, than a class one or two. But if so you not, think it goes up like rapids and not down like DEFCON. I would assume so. Okay, but if it doesn't, yeah, Defcon escalates real quick. If it <laughs> if it doesn't, I don't even want to know what happens at a class one prison. Well, but but the other thing is like you only have three classes. I bet there's four. And like, what happens at class four prison? They might have more dudes there, maybe. Yeah, like this is like three yeah. dudes. <laughs> well, they're only protecting oh. one person. Yeah, Michael, Michael, here, here's there. what happens. Here's what happens at a class four prison. It's not in fucking America where there are laws. It's in like Yugoslavia where you can beat everyone you want with a rubber hose or to Jack's point, his favorite torture, stick a towel down their throat and pull their tummy out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Tasty. Hey, just one question, fellas. Uh, last episode, um, you guys asked me what you thought, what I thought this facility yeah, was. Yeah, you nailed it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you believe one of the ones that I said was fucking prison? Mm-hmm. Just gonna, just gonna. You did. Brush my you shoulder. Did. Off I, I almost, I almost went. <gasps> it took all of my power <laughs> to like calm my face <laughs> and not give you just. <gasps> I mean, I think it was like one of four things that I guessed, but I still guessed it. So when you got yeah, to it, it though, it, it like, was the, my eyes it was probably the went second, wide. It was the second one you guessed, mm-hmm. and I, I okay, yeah. I, I think you were looking to your right, like up and to the right, talking, like thinking through it, and I just went. <gasps> yeah, so. me, me and Kush shot each other a look, like, "Oh fuck, <laughs> he did it! He's unlocked everything! He's a wizard!" It's okay. I'll get nothing right next season. It's it's perfectly fine. <laughs> <laughs> next season gets a uh, pretty buck wild. Um, so Jack, wait, I'll have me one. Kim's gonna do something stupid, and I'm gonna hate her for it. There's a, there's a prediction. Yeah, okay, no, yeah, I guess you it's got pretty it. much yeah, the same. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah, no, you did it. There it is. All right. Um, Sorry, Kurt. Would it change anything if I told you? No. Um, <laughs> so, Don't do it. Um, basically, Jack tells him about the assassination uh, attempt and said that the thread led him here. And uh, Lou Diamond Phillips says, I need more than that. So Jack explains that the power is going to be cut off at 720 to the power grid. And that means something must be happening in two to three minutes. And uh, Jack realizes that there is something happening, and DeSalvo says nothing, and Jack warns him that he needs to take this seriously because there are ex-Serbian military on their way with a vendetta against him and his family, and they're ready to kill a lot of people. Uh, So Lou Diamond Phillips kind of looks grim and lets him know that there is a prisoner being transferred there at 720 via helicopter, Uh, but he doesn't know who he is because it's classified, and uh, 
Uh, they move this prisoner randomly every few weeks, apparently to prisons within the U.S., which I don't get that. Um, well, I mean, but, it, it's uh, got to be harder. They, I, I assume they think it'd be harder for, like, the Drazens to get into the country, maybe, than, like, if they're transporting them around, like, black sites in Europe. Yeah, I don't know the rules around rendition sites that we have, right? Like, is if the foreign governments that are hosting us get a chance to do stuff, too? Um, I mean, because, you know, plus Lou Diamond this is being kept be for, for intelligence reasons, right? So, as far as I know, legally, I don't think rendition sites are allowed to be in the U.S. Like on U.S. soil. No, you're correct. Yeah, but so so well, then what are the rules around anything? It, they're just if we can around. if we can if we can yeah how do we then handle because I mean this is for intelligence purposes so what are the rules around rendition sites right I mean, so we we learned that like, uh, once we learn the identity of the prisoner later uh, Jack basically says the DOD is using this guy for intelligence um, right. But uh, Lou Diamond Phillips asks him what the Drazens want right now. And Jack says, they might either want to kill him or set him free, but it's hard to know unless I know who it is. But right now, you got about five minutes. You better call for backup. Um, That's a very uh, generous amount of time, considering it was 716 when we came back. Right. So, uh, to your point, Lou Diamond Phillips says, yeah, backup's not getting here in five (laughs) minutes. Um, And uh, Jack just says, Call anyway. If I'm wrong, you've I've caused you some extra work. I'll take the heat for that. If I'm right, you've saved every life in this building. Please. And this was kind of the first time I've really noticed, like, Jack using, like, his gravelly whisper voice to convince people of things. It's like the one when he wants people to take him seriously. It's kind of like the precursor to, like, the Christian Bale Batman <laughs> voice. Like, like, I'm not being an unhinged lunatic right now you should probably listen to me i'm being very serious i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna say this i mean class three prisons seem pretty serious right if i literally have a convict who i have to move every few weeks to a different prison there's going to be a button in that building that when i press it it means fuck everybody get here immediately Mm-hmm. And murder everything in mm-hmm. sight. Yeah. So five minutes isn't a problem because that's bullshit. That's so, well, prisoners so important. You're moving them every few weeks. Like, why not just have more people there? Yeah. So that's what they don't have that button. <laughs> we also learned that they have three guards, a maintenance man, and two technicians in addition to to Lou Diamond Phillips. And the maintenance man and the techs have never fired a weapon in their lives. Which I feel like if you're working at a secret DOD prison. I think, like, weapons training should be at least be in the orientation video for your first day. Yeah. Like, hey, have you guys seen Young Guns, though? I think one Lou Diamond Phillips and one Keeper Sutherland <laughs> equals, like, 95 dudes, right? Like, that's the, that's the math. But, like, I mean, Jack Bauer does have a pretty good KD ratio at the end of the show, so. <laughs> if it's a secret government facility, why would they not have, like, Locks on the doors? Well, like, but, like, government people working in every... In, in every yeah, said place, civilians, right? Which is stupid. well, no. I mean, the DoD does have civilian contracts. I understand that, but it, if it's a secret, like government black site, you think it would be like Marines? Yeah, I'm not hiring a fucking handyman right? to work my black yeah. site, bro. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, hey, yeah, you know, you know, get the dude from the around the way to come clean the floors in the secret prison. <laughs> That hey, no one has no prisoners. Guys, I'm with you on this. You're, you're preaching to the choir, but uh, here's the situation. They're not. They don't have that. Um, so Jack tells Lou Diamond Phillips to, uh, well, make them look like they've shot a gun before. Uh, put them in riot gear. Give them guns. Uh, make this place look a little bit more secure until backup arrives. 
So we cut outside to the Serbian commandos gearing up alongside Andre. We learn that it's three minutes till showtime. Um, and uh, we learn that the leader is a man named Harris. And he asks Andre if he's heard from Alexis after the meeting with Morgan, the power company guy. And Andre just says if there was a problem, he would have called. Uh, I See, th- this is what I was talking about earlier. Yeah. <laughs> says, you seem anxious, Harris. I thought professionals didn't get anxious. And he says... Professionals get very anxious when a plan goes off the tracks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your contingency plan shouldn't be, if something bad happened, <laughs> I'm sure that my brother will call us to tell... No, that's not how backup plans work, asshole. The ghost of my <laughs> brother, if he's dead, would have definitely knocked on the wall six times, and then I would have known. Yeah, so... It's so dumb. Like, it's supposed to be, if thing A doesn't happen, then we go to plan B, <laughs> not... Assume thing A has happened. It's no a simple flowchart. If this, then that. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's like, nope. This thing happened. He's gonna do it. If Jack Bauer <laughs> show up, no murder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, isn't it weird that the guy that you've been trying to kill all day managed to show up at this facility? But you're like, nah, fuck it. We're still going in. I need some. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I need to do what I got to do. I wrote so in Harris my notes that I was. I wrote in my notes when they started like army crawling out there and they were getting everyone all geared up. I was like. Hell yeah. Shit's about to pop off. Auf. Yeah. Auf. See, there like it is. 720. Yeah. There it is. See, this is, this is, this is when playing co-op Michael, Michael Howard's back. Mm-hmm. So this is a situation where I would be monitoring it and saying, hey, we're not going in here yet. Let's sneak around a little bit more. And as I was saying the Popping. word more, oh. Leroy Jenkins. And we're all there. All like, of a sudden, three grenades off. fly into the thing out of nowhere. <laughs> Look, you can't you can't stop shit from popping off if it's already about to pop off. But you if you're, the, you're one the one who pops it, yeah, <laughs> Michael, if you have the Pringles can in your hand, you can stop it from popping. Have you ever tried criti- to put? The, have you ever tried to put your moment. thumb over the hose, Kush? <laughs> yes, we've talked about this before. Exactly, it just pops off all over you if you don't let it pop off where it's supposed to go. God damn it. <laughs> Inside the prison bunker, um, <laughs> Jack is putting on a bullet, bulletproof vest, and then he takes pity on one of the civilians and puts on his tactical gear for him. He's giving them pointers on all the guns. Um, Dude, if I'm Lou the Diamond, fucking janitor, I'm like, no, fuck you. This is not my job. I'm gonna go Wait, hide in a closet. I'm gonna go hide in a closet and text my wife because uh, I have signal down here. Because sprint. <laughs> um, so uh, they all gear up. Uh, Lou Diamond Phillips gives Jack an M16. They go off to kill the bad guys. Uh, Jack does not get a helmet because we have to see his majestic semi-mullet at all times. Also, Jack just says, weapon. Weapon. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't say, like, oh, where's my guy? Weapon. Yeah. Um. So they say it's time to go outside. We hear a helicopter approaching in the background. It turns on its spotlight when it gets close. The prison turns on some lights around the staircase, and all of the men inside the prison run up outside. They line up in front of the lights so they can be seen. Um. Andre says it's 45 seconds until we go, and Harris is like, there are four more men down there than there should be. They're expecting <laughs> us, and this power's not going out. Um, and Andre guarantees that it will. Um, there wasn't. Um, <laughs> so Jack and crew pull a hooded prisoner off the helicopter, pull him down into the prison entrance. Uh, Andre wants the team to kind of rush them and die, but Harris says, eh, no. Um, so the guards are treating the compound. Andre agrees to stand down. The lights go off, and the chopper flies away over the commandos, and we cut to commercial. I really wanted some murder there, guys. Mm, yep. I, I actually, I, after I wrote shit's about to pop off, and then there was suspenseful 
uh, instrumental music, and then there was there was no popping of the off. Mm-mm. I was didn't happen. I I was very confused by the lack of the the off being popped. Yeah. <sighs> so we come back. It's seven twenty seven. Um, we see multi screen. Uh, Tony's driving Terry to CTU. Uh, and then we zoom into the prison and Kim is being guided into the interrogation room where the ginger cop is waiting for her. And guys, what are Kim's first words to this cop? <laughs> my 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 father's Jack Bauer. I nailed it. Oh, it, it took it took too long. It took way longer than I thought it would. Only but because they didn't show us her. <laughs> but like she doesn't even say like who Jack Bauer is. Like she just nope. assumes that every local cop in LA knows what CTU is and who Jack yeah, Bauer like, is. She even asked, like, have you heard of the counterterrorism? And she's like, nah, nah haven't. Sorry. Nah, sorry. Um, so, be- so someone's doing their job at CTU. Yeah. So don't know about it. So <laughs> it's good. Before we get into Kim's, like, batshit stupid defense <laughs> of, like, why she's at a drug deal. <laughs> um, so the cop, I think, I think his name was Max Krugman, just act, or Sam Krugman. Um, guys, we're going to kind of do a crossover show with Tilp real quick, uh, with Trends in Low Places. Um, so, like, two weeks ago, German police seized, like, 5,000 tablets of ecstasy that looked like <laughs> Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, so those were going to go for about, they were purchased for about $13,000. Mm-hmm. It would have been sold for around $42,000. But that was 5,000 tabs, and this was only 1,000. 1,000 hits of ecstasy. And they were supposed to get 20 correct. grand and then 50 And sell grand. it for 50. So I actually tried to look up the price of ecstasy in 2001. Mm, now you're going about, to prison. It was about $20,000 a pill. Or sorry, $20 a pill. So uh, a thousand kinda, pills? That's $200,000 or $20,000. I can do math. That's that's $2 million. <laughs> there, it is. there it is. Good job. That's two trillion units so, of drug. So he could have bought it for like... Frank was going to buy at the street value yeah. of ecstasy, not the like distributor yeah, value. Yeah, who's paying? 50, he was going to. He's going to make no money. Who's paying yeah. fifty dollars a hit of ecstasy? Not this guy. Apparently, well, so no one they, in two thousand one. No, so what? What they were buying was supposed to be pure MDMA. That's true, right? and they were going to cut so it. So you take the you cut it with caffeine, other crap, and then make ecstasy. Yeah, but uh, anyway, so we learned that. And uh, do you think it was going to be stamped to, to look like George W. Bush, and since it was two thousand one? Could have been in a perfect world, or maybe Al uh, so, Gore because they thought Al Gore was going to win. So she just kind of goes through everything, just kind of like info dumps like <laughs> the day. She's like, "Have you heard about the assassination on David Palmer?" He's like, "Yeah, it's been on the news for twelve hours." She's like, "Well, I didn't know that. I was kidnapped." <laughs> um, and she's like, "And then my dad rescued me, but they kidnapped my mom again." And he, the cops, just like. So you were rescued, and then your dad just dropped you off at Frankie's so you could earn money stealing drugs. Um, and uh, then he just says, like, she told me you had an active imagination. She wasn't kidding. She's like, who? Your friend, Melanie, the anti-Kim. The, the one we picked you up with. And she's like, oh, you can't believe a word she said. She thinks I'm after her boyfriend. And I have no, I didn't know she was dating Rick. I thought they were like, I thought she was dating Dan. I have no idea who's dating who here. I I think it's like a weird, like love triangle at this point. Yeah. I didn't, I thought she was with Dan too. Yeah. I don't know. I thought, Either I, way, it's all... I thought she was with Rick cause she just walks in into the, his bedroom constantly and he's always yeah. trying to hide the phone from her. Yeah. I like why know. would he hide she... the phone from his friend's girlfriend? Cause she didn't, he didn't want her to know that Dan was dead. 
Yeah. Yeah, but there was nothing um, to do with her, Kim. Like she, he could. She was like, "Who are you talking to?" He could have been like, "Oh, this this bitch I met." Because I'm I'm cool. I'm I'm I'm, rich. I'm a cool San Diego State dropout. Oh, good God. <laughs> um. So anyway, Ginger Cop says he's just going to put Kim back in the holding cell until she's ready to stop screwing around. And Kim puts over a she had written down the CTU phone number uh, on a piece of paper and slides it over to him and says, call them, ask, ask them if they think I'm screwing around. So he takes the number and then brings her back outside to a holding cell. Um. So we cut back to the prison where they're bringing a prisoner down the hallway. Still, this place is fucking massive. Um. And uh, Jack grabs Lou Diamond Phillips and says, just because no one was attacked, it doesn't mean they won't do it soon. And uh, Lou Diamond Phillips just still doesn't believe him. Says, uh, you know, maybe it's just a crock and there's no one out there at all. And uh, Jack's just like, just because the power didn't turn off doesn't mean they're not out there still working. Trust me, I know these people. Uh, and Jack asks to interrogate the prisoner. Um, he Jack really wants to go to the, his laughing place today. <laughs> Everybody wants to go to their laughing place. Yeah. I mean, he's in a class three government facility. He's like, ah, they probably got some good tools here. Yeah. yeah. Tools of the trade, mm-hmm. as it were. It's uh, a comedy club for Jack Bauer. <laughs> <laughs> so Lou Diamond Phillips just says, you're welcome to go over my head, Bauer, but I can't help you. Now I got to process this guy. And after being invited to go over his head so kindly, Jack does just that and uh, borrows Lou Diamond Phillips phone. And uh, we get a tiny clock, and uh, we see David Palmer on the phone uh, saying that he wants to personally clear every interview that Nicole gives and that he wants to be there when possible. And uh, much like us, David has a whiskey glass in hand. Um, He's had a lot of whiskey today. Yeah. Like a lot. Every time Mm -hmm. he's sitting down, he's he's had a whiskey in his hand. So I, I notice anytime he's either in a limo with his jacket on, he's got a whiskey. When he's in the hotel room with his jacket off, which is the only time he has his jacket off and sleeves rolled up, he's got a whiskey. The last episode, he had about four fingers of whiskey in front mm-hmm. of him. Um, this dude gets after it. He's an alcoholic. <laughs> he's a problem. <laughs> he has a problem um, beyond his sanctimony. It's alcohol. Yeah. So get help and go away. Well, Fuck you, David. we learned that David doesn't have one particular problem because Dave- Mike Novak walks in as David hangs up. And uh, David asks him if it's as bad as Sherry predicted it would be. And in response, Mike turns up the TV to the local news. And the well-timed reporter tells us that things are looking positively rosy for David, uh, that polls are up or holding steady, uh, and things are looking good for the general election. So, Oh, yay, another idiot for president. I, I oh, yeah, don't know why. I think, I think it's related to this scene, but I just have a note on here that just says bullshit. Yeah, I'm assuming it's because of these polls. I'm assuming I'm calling bullshit, bullshit on these polls, but I don't remember. <laughs> the thing is, like, I mean, so, like, so Trump said during the election that he could have shot someone on Fifth Avenue and gotten away with it and like not lost a single poll. Mm-hmm. Um, part of me just thinks like David Palmer, like, used his sick DuPaul basketball fame to leverage <laughs> like a career on like. I want to say he had some massive public persona that we don't see here, like some cult of personality. Just like people have. just loved him. He must yeah. have because he doesn't have like particularly good political acumen. I haven't seen any political acumen from this man mm-hmm. at all this season. Not a taste. Yeah. Um, so Mike says that he was right, and then we hear a phone call outside as they watch the news, and then an aide comes in and uh, hands him the phone. It is Jack Bauer, 
And uh, Jack tells him what's going on at the facility. He says he's at a prison that doesn't exist with a prisoner who doesn't exist. And then he needs help pulling the strings of the DOD to get access to the, pers- the prisoner as soon as possible. And uh, Palmer says he'll do what he can. And as he's hanging up, Jack is walking down one of a one of many massive long hallways. And he sees a security camera. Just such a big and facility then, for four people to be working there for one prisoner. Was, right? What do they it's do Jesus. the other 360 days of the year? It's gigantic. Um, but Jack follows some conduit piping from the security camera, kind of following the wire back to its source. And uh, he's walking through it. Um, here's where I noticed that, like, did Mason take Jack's phone? Jack gets an exemplary cell service underground in the middle of nowhere. Um, and then this place is huge. And um, so Jack is walking down. He finds the wires leading into above a doorway, which he uh, passes his stealth check and sneaks his way into the door. And uh, we see a command center with some cameras outside the, the facility and then inside. And Jack sees a map and then just starts punching buttons until he finds <laughs> the then, right camera screen. And then he lands Apollo like 11. Video game. Because yeah. apparently this control panel was built about the same time. It does look like like uh, something from Fallout Four. Yeah, like, like just like a is... post-apocalyptic, just like nineteen sixties computer. Yeah, screen. this is definitely like a Silent Hill game now, where he just goes into the weird control panel for the mental hospital, and you have to solve the puzzle in order to be able to see the mannequins getting their heads chopped off. <laughs> well, it was deep there. That's real deep. So he starts tapping buttons. He finds a camera inside an interrogation room, and we see the back of the prisoner's head. Appears to be an older man with graying hair. Prisoner gets up to walk around the room a little bit, which I didn't know that prisoners were normally free to give, free to do in an interrogation room. And uh, Curtis, Jack, at this particular moment, what are you thinking when yeah. you're watching this episode? You know what I'm thinking. I know who this is. I just, I just. Did you did you know who it was? Like, did you did you guess who it turns out to be? I did when I when I heard it was a prison. I guessed who it was. I really did. Mm. Okay. Uh, well, we'll get there in one second. That's because you don't that trust nobody. Will. I don't trust no. I don't trust nobody and nothing mm-hmm. around here. And mm-hmm. ain't been doing it for so long. At least Taylor Swift. You hear me? <laughs> I don't trust nobody since the beginning. She did steal your catchphrase. <laughs> Stole my shit. I tweeted it. <laughs> so Jack here stole my shit. I am who I am. You be you. I'm gonna be me. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> so Jack just I stares at the camera, mic, but it kind of it's a nice attached mic. to my yeah. desk. It's a problem. Yeah, I gotta keep it right yeah. here. So Jack is staring at a camera and just growls at it. Turn around, you son of a bitch! <laughs> and then he hears some footsteps outside, and before he can see the prisoner turn around, Lou Diamond Phillips bursts in and says, "Damn it, Bauer! Take a drink for a damn it! That prisoner's identity is classified." And Jack just says, I'm sorry, but I need to know. And he turns back to the, the screen and runs over. And just as he gets there, the prisoner turns to stare directly up to the camera. And holy shit, you guys, it's Dennis Hopper. It's Dennis Hopper from Speed. D- he's going to blow up everything. D-hops. Right? No, apocalypse now. He's the photographer. He's crazy, man. What's he doing there? <laughs> D-Hop's doing there. That man had, nuts. That man blessed us with plenty of fine rolls. Mm-hmm, Rest mm-hmm. in peace, mm-hmm. Mr. Hopper. Um, so Jack just says, that's impossible. And Lou Diamond Phillips asks if he recognizes him, which Jack clearly does. No, I just like to say that's impossible. <laughs> that's impossible. That's impossible. What? I don't know him. Look at that man. He's probably got some, he's got, he's got some money with Geico. Hmm. 15%. You know about that? 
What does Jack say? It's Victor fucking Drazen. He says, holy shit. says, I killed him two years ago. A man I killed two years ago. Did a pretty bad job yep. of the murder, mm-hmm. Jack. Yeah. And the way he described how he killed him, I'm not surprised he's alive. You didn't actually, you didn't see him die. Yeah. That's bullshit, Jack. He walked into an empty building and then the building go boom, boom. Why he alive? <laughs> That's not how you kill people. <laughs> so, on yeah, the you screen, gotta con- You gotta confirm that shit. I'm well, pretty f- sure. Well, so, also, they never really explain how all of Jack's men died. Like, if no. they just blew up a building, presumably with, like, a cruise missile strike, if they were painting it with a laser target, I have to imagine. Like, how did the team die? I'm- Why'd they need seven dudes to do that? Well, but I'm yeah. guessing that they, like... The plan was to have him go into the building and they either go in and capture and or kill him. And as they were going into the building, it blew up is what my thought was. Like, Jack didn't know they were going to blow shit up. I think he did. They mention it later. Um, we'll, we'll get into that in a second. Um, so we go to commercial as Drazen sits down at the interrogation table and just kind of waits for someone. We come back at 743. Um we see Drazen patiently waiting in the split screen. Palmer's on the phone with someone. And uh, we cut back to Lou Diamond Phillips talking with Jack. And Jack says, I'm risking my job. I might go to jail. So I need a little quid pro quo here. What's your connection to this guy? And Jack tells the man who runs a secret prison, who's not allowed to know the identity or face of, of any prisoner there, that what I'm about to tell you is secure information. You can't oh, tell anyone. Yeah. Okay. So Thanks, Jack. he proceeds to tell Lou Diamond Phillips about how a congressional subcommittee decided to murder one guy on their own <laughs> to find peace in Bosnia and that Jack was sent there to kill him. And when we got there, things went wrong. Drazen's wife and daughter were killed, but we were wrong about Victor Drazen. Um, and he tells them about that they want revenge and they want to break Drazen out and says, if Drazen escapes, I lose any leverage, any leverage I have for keeping these people away from my family. Or he's just going to have to kill everybody, which I'd be fine with. Okay, mm-hmm. but here's here's the thing. Like, we've been talking about a mole in CTU. We've been talking about moles at, like, an intermediate level. But, like, Lou Diamond Phillips doesn't even know who this guy is. He just knows someone's coming in. But somehow the Drazens know. They have found out that, the, that he's being delivered to this site at 720. Exactly. Yeah. And so they know who he is. Like, where is this mole? And is it specifically related to this site? Because they say we're never going to get another chance. So yeah, the cell is real. The cell is real. And we, we find out later that Jack Jack theorizes that Victor Drazen is here because he was giving uh, intelligence to the DOD. That's why they they kept him alive. Um, so if he was an active, like, you know, intelligence <laughs> asset being passed around from prison to prison, Someone knew about him in the DoD, so I mean, like we already know that the Drazens can hack DoD files because they stole that one file from Robert Ellis. So, did they, they have steal the file beyond- from Robert Ellis, or did somebody give them the file? Someone probably gave it to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's access in DoD. Uh, so, so before we get to that, um, DeSalvo, or sorry, <laughs> Lou Diamond Phillips. <laughs> Thank you. My apologies <laughs> to the listener audience. Um, he nods and says, um, let me make another call. And Jack says, we don't have time for calls. We need to take this prisoner and move him ourselves. 
now. To where? I'm starting to see how Jack got his entire team killed in Kosovo. I'm also starting to see how the Joker got his plan in uh, Batman Begins. Explain yourself. Well, they their whole thing is like we need to we need to take this guy somewhere in the back of this car. He's going to be safe. And the whole thing is that Joker knew that they were going to try to move him, and so he used that opportunity to start his whole his whole shit, his plan. That's what I, I don't understand. And like Drazen Andre Drazen says something later that like we'll just go in through the front door to save time. It's like this is a fort. This is a fortress. Like you're in an underground fortress, right. like with even numbers. Mm-hmm. Like if they try to storm this place, and like they don't show how the Drazens get in, uh, they're just in the facility later. You can fight these guys off, like, and you have backup on the way. Just hole up. Just go into a prison and cut like into the interrogation room and cut the power. They can't get into. Yeah, you. you can only yeah. get in from the the stair entrance there, where apparently there's like a sonic shocking situation going on well they cut the power so yeah no sonics so uh lou diamond phillips is also but things in prisons don't fail open if you cut the power things fail closed that's how they're designed if you cut the power shit's just not opening michael 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 the things that you just said require knowledge of science this is america we're talking to (laughs) And the hit show the power it leaves the doors open my friend everything's everything that is true i saw it in tango and cash yep Tango and fucking cash callback. Man, Love it. What a fucking film that is. <laughs> um, so Lou Diamond Phillips says, I said I'll make a call. And he walks away pretty clearly telling Jack to crawl up his own ass and die. <laughs> and um, <laughs> we jump outside the prison where Andre Drazen and Harris are looking at a schematic of the prison. And um, Andre says they still need to cut the power. And Harris reminds him that, well, Alexis hasn't called, so our power guy can't do it. And Andre says he would have called by now. If he were alive, which is some cold as ice, brutal bullshit. Well, it's also um, a, like a complete 180. Like, oh, he would have called if something went wrong. And now it's like, oh, he would have called if he wasn't dead. It's like, yeah, what yeah that should have this? been your first thought. It, that should have been your first plan. Oh, you might be dead. Let's stop this whole operation. Nope. That realization did come about 26 minutes too late, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> oh, um, I can't get a hold of him. Uh, he probably is just eating a hamburger. I don't know. No, he's getting he's getting that sweet puss mm. right now. I know my brother. He's 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 he is balls deep in an intern right now. But we'll get him eventually. Don't he, worry about that. He's currently drowning in uh, the Elizabeth Nash Sea. Um, so Andre says that there is a power substation for the sector about a half mile away, and a few ounces of C five explosives should be enough to take it out. And why the fuck didn't they just do that in the first place? Or just walk up to the substation and hit it really hard with a couple hammers? Yeah, like, also, um... That's cheaper than $50,000 in bearer bonds. <laughs> like, also, like, <laughs> C5? Like, why C5? Like, why not C4? Like, why you gotta go... They want to feel fancy. Why you gotta go five one up? Is, C4's for pussy. Five is better than four. Well, clearly, <laughs> It's but one like... more. It's one more than four, Michael. <laughs> do the math. Why idiot. not C6, then? <laughs> it doesn't exist. It's too dangerous. Cause, cause fuck you. That's too obvious. Can't do that. It doesn't exist. Um, so I don't really know why they didn't just do that in the first mm-hmm. place. And it just says, we'll blow that and then we'll go through the front door to save time. It's like, it's probably the only door, right? Uh, and Apparently uh, not. Yeah. So Andre just says, this is the only chance we have to get our, our father out of prison. So 
We cut back to CTU and Mason walks in and Nina asks him where Jack is and <laughs> left him in a field. It's August. God. <laughs> he said he opted to stay in the field, literally, which is like the best dad joke bullshit. And I'm sure he was thinking of that his entire drive back. Oh, hi, tired. I'm George. <laughs> <laughs> and so Nina asks why Jack didn't come back. And George very sarcastically says, uh, Jack's a stubborn guy. He insisted on staying. And Michael, now that you've told me that Sarah Clark and Sandra Berkeley, <laughs> the actors in this, are married in real life, this scene literally oozes sex appeal. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't I couldn't keep my eyes off of them. They were they were electric. Yeah, especially when he's like he's like, Oh, I didn't realize that I'm in a position where I need to take criticism from my subordinates. Thank you. Mason pulled some pimp ass shit here. Yeah. yeah. First he's like I pulled Alexis's raisins morphine. He should be talking in an hour. You so much goddamn pain from that, that, that stomach jabbing. And then, hey, bitch, I don't answer to you. You answer to me. That's your mouth. I know your role. So welcome back. God I damn it, it, Curtis. That was the least subtle. That was... Uh, what? For the listening audience, Curtis, while deftly and adeptly... <laughs> Uh, describing that particular scene, adjusted his camera downward a little bit and scooted his chair out of the way so I had a clear, undisturbed view of Mr. Tom Hanks starting a fire. Creating a fire and talking to fucking Wilson. God damn it, dude. (laughs) Wilson! It's two of our folks out in Texas who are having to float their way out of their homes to safety. We do have Castaway on the screen. Yes, Godspeed to you guys. Godspeed to everybody in Texas. We love you. Hope you're doing okay. Yeah, I do, but man, I can't, I can't even look at. Damn it, I can't. You're just on my screen now, and I have to see Tom Hanks creating a fire. Right, so good, right? This is the best actor in the world. Listen, again, work. I have, uh, I have no, no, no problem no, no, no. with Tom a Hanks. Film, a film, a film, he carries by himself. I don't know. I mean, that, you watch, that you watch Mr. Hanks does for some two shit, hours. Dude. Curtis, this is literally my point about Sully. <laughs> he <laughs> is so good. He's possibly the best actor of. Our generation. I love Tom Hanks. Him How being in Sully. How fucking dare you? Have you seen John Wick and John Wick 2? Oh, wait a minute. Michael, I've yelled about John Wick and John Wick 2 <laughs> with wait, you wait. drunk on the are podcast. You trying, are you trying to hit the Keanu Keanu Reeves, Reeves is the Keanu finest Reeves? generation or finest generation of our actor. Clearly. Mm. Also the mm. finest actor Again, of our generation. My point is choosing to be in Sully is a it, it there's nothing to it. It's it's a boring, weak ass role for Tom Hanks. He didn't have to do that movie. That's all about someone had to bring the tale of chesley solid Pullenberger <laughs> to the screen that is literally true. anyone could have done that he hit a bird and landed a plane <laughs> congrats there's absolutely no drama in that story but but mr hanks made it a good movie mm-hmm. do you understand that don't you remember when he landed the plane upside down in the field and he was nope. trying nope, was and high that on was... all sorts of heroin. Oh yeah. man! Nope. nope, that was that was. He did the PCP lot. with Ethan Hawke. That was crazy. That was nope. Yeah, nope. Hmm. that was the black guy. I can't. I. It's hard for me to tell him apart, Curtis. I don't. The see name of that guy. movie was Plane on Fire. I think <laughs> John Q. Plane. <laughs> John Q. Plane. You say assault. You know, assault you know, on you plane know. one two three. <laughs> so here's the here's the thing. Here's the thing. Both of the actors you're describing, obviously, Planning are the best day. actors in the Oh, that's better. Done. Planning day is nice. <laughs> I like that. I'm going to leave that there. I'm going to leave it right there. Planning day works. <laughs> Trying to get a glory one in. I can't do it. 
Yeah. Tom Hanks doesn't have a movie that describes holes. So glory hole is not going to work for you. <laughs> You've got plane. Um, <laughs> so Mason just tells Nina, unless they've called off the hit on Palmer's life, he should be working on securing his agenda for the rest of the day, right? It looks like he's going to be our next president. And then he just walks away and leaves her to sulk. Um, and... Sp- Speaking of our next president, we get a tiny clock at 7.46. Please take a drink. Uh, We cut back to the Palmer Hotel HQ where the victory party is in full swing. And uh, we see Sherry Palmer walking through the celebration. She grabs two glasses, two uh, champagne glasses and a bottle of champagne. Mike Novak gives her a smile and some crossed fingers like a sad old man. Um, And uh, she walks into a side room and tells David that everyone is celebrating the latest polls and that he should come out. And David just has to ruin every nice moment. Mm-hmm. Here we go. <laughs> yep. You want this hate, Kush? Unleash it. I'm gonna, hold on. I'm going to take it right real fast. Here yeah. Release the Kraken. Curtis, I, I need this, these tasty grapes. Just oh, feed them to okay. me. Senator David Palmer, you absolute sanctimonious piece of shit who smells his own farts all day long and believes that he's above everyone else in the world. You would dare to tell this woman, who has stood by you through, I'm sure, what was a stupidity-laced Senate campaign and presidential campaign, that you that you don't think she doesn't love you anymore, and you can't trust her? Those are the words you used. I can't trust you. All this woman did was protect her fucking children from an idiot like you, who is going to send her son to prison because you cannot stand anybody who goes against your goddamn Boy Scout view of America. You can't trust her. She didn't cheat on you, you piece of shit. She's trying to save her son and her daughter from bullshit and prison. You, my friend, are an asshole. I hate you, and I hope you die, but I know you're going to be the goddamn president, and I fucking can't stand it. Fuck you, and the horse rode in on you, piece of shit. Go to hell. <laughs> I'm out. Well, that is a pretty... Yeah, I don't like David Palmer after this scene. Um, and I really thought he, that we were going to get some passion from Curtis, but that was kind of like just, you know? Yeah. It was like Tom Hanks and Sully Sullenberger, really, as opposed to it's Tom like Hanks and... anything Cassaway. else. Yeah. Literally anything else. Yeah. Sorry, y'all. I didn't bring it. <laughs> My bad. Would you like... You want to take it from the time? <laughs> no. I'll get it next time. Don't worry. I'm sure. I'm sure there's. I'm sure there's fucking more. Dude, coming. Sherry. Sherry goes from fucking zero to sixty, and by that I mean like zero to like negative sixty degrees because she goes cold as ice real fast. Yeah. yeah. Let me get. Let's get into it. So he basically says, you know, after all everything that happened with Keith and Nicole, maybe if that never happened, but it did happen, and you kept the truth from me, I don't think you could have done that without pulling away and. You guys are married. I'm not. Somehow David makes this about himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. Not thinking yeah. of what Sherry must have gone through to like hide all of that shit from from David shielding Keith, shielding Nicole. Um, she did it so that he would not have to do this because she knows exactly. that he's a sanctimonious piece of shit. Yeah, like exactly. It, with Guard without knowing, family. he gets to pre- pretend that he's a good dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't have to be there for Keith. Gets to continue being a dickhead without having to consider anyone else. He just, and like, 
he ordered a secret assassination. Like, he's not a good dude. Mm-hmm. Like, he just gets to pretend that he's, like, this paragon of virtue when he did that. Oh, it's and, okay like, to, to order a secret assassination of a random dude in a different country, but your son accidentally kills your daughter's rapist, and it has to be, like... By the way, it resulted in the death of a wife and, and daughter, yeah, and not right. the death of the dude. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no. So... Sherry just kind of stares at him, waits for him to finish, and David's got a tear in his eye, and he kind of scoffs and says, <laughs> "Oh my God, I can't help thinking pussy. that just, I don't oh. trust you anymore, and if I can't trust you, how could I love you? Oh, and here's where Sherry you. gets a real ice cold. Michael, you want to take it? Oh, God. She basically just tells him, fuck you. Like, I don't really care whether you love me or not, but when you take the oath of office... And when you stand up there and give your victory speech, I'm going to be standing right the fuck next to you. And I am going to be here. Yeah. I'm going to be the first lady. I'm going to be right here because you cannot get rid of me. Bows. Total bows. Michael, you and I know what it's like to marry essentially above our station, Mm -hmm. right? We've married people who probably should have just said no. (laughs) Um. This asshole believes that not only did he marry someone who needed him, Mm -hmm. but that he deserves her and can let go of Mm -hmm. her and still be successful. No, David, you are fucking useless without your wife. Mm -hmm. You would accomplish nothing. Yeah. She gave you those kids. She guarded your secrets forever. That's not be, that's not be, you've still been lying about your basketball career your whole (laughs) life. So fuck you. Right. And then her, Carl, and Mike got you elected. Yeah. But no, it's all you, buddy. You're the one who pulled it off. Yeah. Fuck you, David. Yeah. She's like, all right. All right. Let's drop it. Let's drop the facade right here, David. All right. I'm going to be there. I'm getting this office, whether you like it or not. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, we're supposed to see her as like power hungry and like conniving. But like, no, she's just a fucking boss. Mm -hmm. Like, and like, it's weird because like. You know, in, what, 2014, we got House of Cards, where Claire Underwood is, like, just as, like, you know, power-hungry and, like, ambitious as as her husband, and gets shit done, and we're like, yeah, Claire rules. But, like, we're supposed to, like, not like Sherry Palmer, and I I can't, because she, and I didn't, when the show came out, like, I was younger, and I think I kind of bought into it, like, Sherry rules. Like, she's doing exactly what she should be doing. There's a history of... First ladies who are more bossful than you think they are, right? Lady Bird Johnson, Eleanor Roosevelt, Jackie O, Hillary Clinton, Michelle Obama. These women made sure their men got into office, right? Hey, what you about they were the, just being the drunk history? Pretty and dainty. The drunk? No, 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 they did the work. The drunk history about uh, what's her name? Who? Yeah, that one. Huh? No, the the <laughs> first lady who was who basically was president while her husband was like sick. Edith Wilson. Edith Wilson. Yeah, Woodrow Wilson. Yeah, there are but. so many women who, 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 I mean, Mary Todd Wilson was above Lincoln socially. Like, he, she made him someone who mattered. Mm. Some of these women are, are more powerful than these men are and help them get where they are. They don't realize it. They think they did it all. And it's pieces of shit, like David Palmer, or I won't say any more else. Anything else. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I would have voted Sherry Palmer 2000. Um, we cut to commercial at 750, <laughs> come back at 754. Um, in the woods outside of the prison, the Harris commandos are gearing up. Nina is working at a terminal, and we see Kim Bauer being led to a holding cell, which is 
kind of apparently hardcore jail. Yeah. Um, there are multiple cells, yeah. all sorts of dudes are catcalling and wolf whistling at Kim. Yeah, all I wrote here was, Kim, you got a pretty mouth. <laughs> like, I don't know what the fuck's going on in this jail, man, but it's getting serious. So they put her in a cell with about a dozen other women, and like, she's 15, maybe 16. Even if they don't believe her story about being kidnapped and like Senator Palmer's assassination, she's still a juvenile. I feel like they should like, you can just sit in an interrogation room. Like, we're going to put you in, like, jail right now. Well, do they even uh, know who she is at this point? Like, if they could have looked her up, would they know daughter. that she's 15 or 16? Like, I mean, presumably she uh, she probably doesn't have an ID at this point. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, do they have any idea how old she is or what her name is? Or, like, because theoretically, if they had looked her up, if she they knew... Oh, this is Kim Bauer. She's X years old or whatever. They looked her up and like she has literally no record at all. Right. Whereas these other people definitely have records. Right. That would probably be a little bit of a red flag. I'm pretty sure I saw one of the ladies from Rent, though, <laughs> in that scene. So I think not much of a record, more of a more of a like, you know. An actual like IMDb page, but you know, whatever. Yeah, we'll, we'll see it. later. Kim gets uh, lightly, lightly menaced by some rough girls at the end of the episode. <laughs> They're actually but, uh, not that rough. They're just they rated an a Broadway play where they were. Yeah, <laughs> it was literally the cast of Cats just meowing at her pretty, pretty aggressively. Like I was uncomfortable. Yeah, it was. It was pretty. I mean, it's pretty awful to just hear like seventeen cats. Yeah, but people. Yeah, Lin Manuel Miranda shows up later and does a rap about her her time in, in, in the joint. It's gonna be real. Yeah, like Mr. Mestopheles was pretty uncomfortably close. <laughs> oh to damn! Her. Yeah, no. Um, so we cut back to the Black Site Prison. Uh, Lou Diamond Phillips is asking Jack why Victor Drazen is alive and and in an American prison rather than dead in a Kosovo shit heap. And uh, Jack says that he must have been more valuable alive than dead. Um, which. Uh, Basically, Jack says they're probably they're probably using Drazen to feed them intelligence. And uh, is this the beginning of Jack's like distrust of that's that's what I had written down um, because we got a tiny clock at 756. And uh, so please take a drink. And Lou Diamond Phillips asks why put Jack and his men through the charade of trying to kill Drazen in the first place? Well, they want and Jack just says they wanted the rest of the world to think he was dead. My mission was doomed to fail from the start. And I lost every man I went in there with. And like, maybe we start to see why Jack has a bit of an authority problem. Mm-hmm. Um, touch. And I mean, that's got to be tough for Jack to stomach at this point. Yeah. I mean, it's like he thinks at least like, OK, I lost all my dudes, but at least we got this guy. Like we killed the dude who was responsible for all of this terrible stuff going on in in uh, Bosnia. And now you have to ask, like. Did the DOD kill Jack's guys? Yeah, yeah. I think that was all. It was all a false, like a you know, a false thing. They set it all up. I mean, if the failure if, and, if, for, and for information, like so. it, if they faked Drayson's death, they probably I mean, like did they kill all of Jack's men to cover I mean, that up? And like, although like, why leave Jack alive? Right. Was out? Jack supposed to die too, and he somehow escaped? Yeah. My thing is, is so what information internationally do you need from a Serbian? death killer like i don't understand like what he would know outside of what's happening in serbia Yeah, once you've gotten rid of milosevic like what else could he tell you yeah that's what i was saying like it's been at this point it would have been two years since milosevic had been taken down like i don't think like drazen like that well has probably run pretty dry at a certain point But maybe like, they just don't know what to do with him and like guantanamo is not really a thing 
No, just kill him. Just you're he's already dead, right? Just just off him. That's a good point. Throw him in the ocean. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Throw him in so, the ocean. <laughs> so, pop pop splash. We didn't question Osama. We just fucking killed him. At least I hope so. That's what it told us. I so don't know. He could. He's probably in L.A. hanging out in some weird black site in the middle of. Oh, that's no. It's, don't tell me that because no. Because Trump's gonna place. like take him out and put him on stage and be like, "Look who I got, guys! Look at this." Obama didn't kill him. That's and then true. Escapes him. That's how we know that's there's not- no there's no actual secrets. Yeah. No, like, there's no aliens. I know that now for sure. Yeah. If there that had been sucks. aliens, it Trump would have announced bit, it in the first like yeah, six. There's minutes. no Loch Ness monster. There's no. There's yeah. no. There's no Bigfoot. Like, there's no aliens. There was no like mind control. All of it. Yeah. All of it. You'd be wrong. like, by the way, here are the aliens. This is how we're controlling the weather. This is who killed JFK. <laughs> you know, this is all. And then, but, but clearly, none of it. Like the weather, we're very good. It's a very big system. We control it all the time. I'm so this. Good. I think. So the CIA director, I believe, is not appointed by him. So I'm pretty sure they're still keeping that one secret. <laughs> I think I think the JFK thing is still like, we're not going to let him know actual things. Yeah. So Lou Diamond Phillips gets a phone call. And uh, Jack assumes that it's time to move Drazen for some reason and get, gets up to grab his gun. But Lou Diamond Phillips says, that's still working up the way. Sorry, that is still working its way up the chain of command. But you have five minutes to interrogate mm-hmm. Drazen. Five minutes of laughing it's time. Pretty convenient yeah, because time. we got we had that uh the tiny clock at like seven fifty five and forty two seconds. So <laughs> pretty convenient he's got those five minutes. Yeah, five minutes. So uh Jack walks over to the interrogation room, a guard buzzes him in, and Jack introduces himself to Dennis Hopper, who is just kind of scowling at him <laughs> and uh Intensity. So, Intensity is an actor. So Jack so says beautiful. a couple things, uh to which Drazen does not respond, but he says, you'll have to pardon my surprise. I saw you die. He uh, didn't, no though. Wait, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. You didn't see him die. You didn't see mm-hmm. shit. It you just didn't says, see the no light extinguished from his eyeballs, Jack. You know what that <laughs> looks see, like. You didn't see him poop his pants, which is the <laughs> ultimate sign of death. Uh, basically, says, no one could have survived that explosion. Poor shit. And well, he's alive right now. Basically, Jack just kind of asks for Drazen to spare his wife and daughter, even though Drazen lost his mm, wife and daughter in Jack's attack. Yeah, yeah, no. And uh, basically just says, Mr. Drazen, you've already lost your wife and daughter. You don't need to lose your sons, too. And after a couple minutes of silence, Drazen finally speaks in the worst <laughs> accent of all time. What? Just says, My sons My are sons. soldiers. Yeah, soldiers. 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 <laughs> so Jack just says, "Then they'll die for nothing." We know about the rescue plan. It was scheduled for seven twenty, and we stopped it. If they try again, they'll die. And then Dennis Hopper just says, "Then you have nothing to worry about. <laughs> you have nothing, nothing to nothing? worry about. You have nothing to worry about." <laughs> so uh, Jack just basically says, "Call it off, or your sons die." Assuming that why Trazen does he has think- some. Victor Drazen is the one orchestrating Controlling, this. yeah. But, like, Drazen seems to, like, know that it's happening, but, like... But he's in prison. Like, he's in the prison. <laughs> like, the, the fucking real prison. Like, how the fuck would he be coordinating anything? He's in the prison that doesn't exist, and he's not even allowed to talk to the guards at the prison. Like, yeah, I, I don't understand what Jack is thinking here, but... Like, even if he um, does know what's going on, though, and, and he has been told by someone within the, the system... That this is happening? Like, why does he think that he would be able to actually orchestrate it? The fine, the finer details of the plan, as it will, as it were. 
So I'm going to be in Saugus. Right. On a- <laughs> oh, yeah. I okay. need Jack to tell the truth. Okay, sure. Give me the phone. I'll tell them to lay off your wife and daughter. No, Jack, it's, just, it's- be, just be honest. Just be honest. Just say, just say, Victor, my daughter is a moron. <laughs> she just, just please. It's Let- just, I'm asking for a, a simple mercy. She'll probably kill her herself anyways if you just yep. leave them alone. If you kill me, if you kill me, Kim's dead in a year anyway. <laughs> Left to just her own devices, know. she will fuck up and die. That is just <laughs> listen. She's gonna walk in front of a sniper's bullet. Just somehow she'll be in like Kabul and just be like, "Hi, hey, what's going on here? <laughs> I'm taking I'm taking my senior trip to Kabul." <laughs> So uh, Jack kind of gets up in in uh, Drayson's face and Lou Diamond Phillips walks in and stops him and then just for some reason says they're going to move Drayson outside. Um, so Jack kind of walks over and whispers in uh, Lou's ear asking him if there's an exit that's not on the schematic like a flood egress. And uh, they they walk off to get everyone armed and strapped up. They get ready to leave. Uh, Jack pulls Drayson up and they walk out of the room. And... Um, they they start gearing up and they walk down the hallway. We see Terry and Tony at the clinic as Philf Parslow is being wheeled into a room. Probably the last we'll see of him because he will be shot in the head by Yovan. Come back from the dead. Um, we see Palmer greeting his staff to some applause. He's smiling at Sherry. Kim is sitting down in the holding cell, being uh, looking like she's about to be hassled by some some gals. Mm-hmm. And uh, as the prison team walks down the hallway, the power goes out. Jack pushes Victor Drazen up against the wall. And Drazen just says, they are here. They're here. <laughs> They're and here. we see we see a group of flashlights coming down the hallway. And we cut to black at 7.59 and 59 seconds. It's about to get real, y'all. The tide of murder in the next episode. Who, where, which way do you think it's sloshing? Team Jack or, or Team Drazen? Everyone but LDP and Jack are dead. Jack does not they, have a gun right now because he did not grab his M16 or his well, or his bulletproof vest. Son of a bitch. He's still going to live. Because yeah. there are six more seasons of this show. <laughs> yeah, accurate, anyway, accurate. There's a lot. There's way so, more than six, <laughs> six seasons uh, of this show. Oh, guys, oh, by the way, it. do you know what I discovered today? Hmm. There are 14 24 novels, 15 if you include the findings at CTU, the like weird like dossier style like interrogation of the breakdown of after the first season of 24. Then there's a 24 guidebook and then like some other horseshit. No. Nope. So what you're Four- saying is we have content for years. Fort we yeah, we got a 24 <laughs> book club. <laughs> after all 9 seasons of this are over. It's time for the 24 book club. Each each of the books are broken into 24 chapters. <laughs> oh, God damn it. <laughs> each taking an hour. Perfect. Oh, fuck. Perfect. Fuck all y'all. Perfect. Anyway. Yeah, so... so They're all written by George R.R. Put- R. Martin, though, so, like, at... Cha- like no, it's not hour, right out yet. Minute 52 of every chapter, it just introduces 19 more stories and then doesn't tell you anything what's happening. Well, the first 44 minutes are just describing what Jack is wearing in every episode. And he <laughs> yeah, de- gotta he- describe his green leather, <laughs> leather fucking jerkin. He, 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 do- he does change clothes a lot. Um, yeah, so it's it's 8pm. Uh, obviously some shit's about to go down. Uh, obviously Jack will survive for a bit. Um, so yeah, Curtis, how you feeling right now? Where do you think we're going? So many things happen. <laughs> So many things that I guessed about correctly. Yeah, you um, nailed just, it. You know, just you just put it out there. How much uh, shit is gonna pop off? Do you think it's not gonna pop to, to the level that you want, Michael? 
I know that because that's not possible. That's World War Three. <laughs> what you want to pop off? You want all the popping? I just want some shit to pop off. So I think that um, uh, I mean, I, obviously Jack's going to have to kill Andre. It, is it going to happen next next episode? No, he's going to kill some of Harris's dudes though. They're all dead. Um, next episode, I think it's going to happen pretty quickly because we got what four left. Yeah, yeah, four uh, left. Yeah, I mean, so do you think Jack gets out of this unscathed? Unscathed? Yeah, because they're outnumbered. Are we saying are we, are we getting scratches or bullet wound? Is that what you're saying? Like what? What are we, what are we talking about? So, so Jack has seemed pretty invulnerable, other than his family. We've mm-hmm. never seen Jack. I'm just saying they're outnumbered and outskilled at this point. Like Jack has some pretty good murder prowess. I have to assume Lou Diamond Phillips is worth ten men on his own, but. We have, we have I, the, the three here, technicians here's, here's and the, the maintenance the guy. It, going going story-wise as a nerd, comic book-wise, right? First season, Jack shouldn't be hit by a bullet by these guys. These can't be the main villains, so he should be okay. He might get winged okay. a little bit. Um, He should be okay. LDP might, might get shot straight up in the chest, but he's going to live. I hope so. I want some more of that action. Um... Kim will be alive because Kim's invulnerable because he's the Kim Lander. <laughs> um, I don't know if Sherry's going to make it the next season. We'll see. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I like where we're going. A lot of action set up. And I think the next episode, I'm going to get some body count, which is nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I, I would assume so. There, I, like, I don't see how this gets resolved without a little bit of gunplay. Shouldn't um, be. Shouldn't be. But I, I got to be honest, I think unless Jack pulls... Some serious murder storming out of his out of his back pocket. I I don't know what happens here. I I don't think he gets to walk away scot free. That's all I'm gonna say. And again, I haven't seen this in a long time, and I haven't watched ahead, so I'm I'm mostly just as in the dark as you are. I'm just one. excited. There's a lot of shit that has been set up to pop mm-hmm. off. Yeah, a lot. You again, just want that, that, that off popping. Yeah, that's what you want. I'm just saying, like. The mousetrap of shit is there, and all somebody has to do is take the cheese. They just need to grab the cheese, and it's going to pop off. But you're not you're not talking about a mousetrap. You mean like the Rube Goldberg board game? Yeah, mouse no, trap. like the whole yes, mousetrap. That's trap. exactly what. Yeah, he was talking about the that ends with <laughs> the ends with the dude diving into the pool. Mm-hmm. Faux show. It's a bathtub. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, um, unless they grab the cheese very gingerly. <laughs> <laughs> if you I don't have a know. delicate if you have a delicate touch with the cheese, you can make it away. You can I make get, it I get that cheese every time. Nope, no big deal. I was so good grabbing that cheese. Mm-hmm. I bet you were. She, oh, these these nimble fingies. <laughs> you, you, you never you never see it coming. You don't even see the cheese gone. They're just in my tummy. Um well guys, I think that's gonna do it for us on damn episode twenty. We got four left. Um yeah, I'm excited for see where we go. I I really hope Jack gets to pop off a his gun in the next one. Oh, by the way, Curtis, mm-hmm. we have decided that for the finale of season one, that okay. we are going to watch it together, uh, all three of us, and we're going to uh, do a little live live commentary of it. Oh, and we'll okay. we'll take some clips and we'll put them up on on the YouTube's or or the Facebooks or what have you. Um, I'm excited. That, that can work. We can do that. Well, so, um, four weeks live show. I'm excited about it. No, not live, but live together. Close enough. Good. Yeah. Good. So, uh, thanks for listening to hour 20 of uh, The Longest Days of Our Lives. Um, if you like this show, you can find out more about it on goodbuddymedia.com. Uh, 
I might put a blog post up for this one. I think uh, I got. I got... No, you won't. Don't lie. <laughs> no, I don't wow, hater, hater. <laughs> um, so yeah, hey, hey, check hey, that hey, out. Hey, hey. Um, also, if you like this show, Michael and I do a show called Trends in Low Places, where we break down um, basically the dumbest stories of the internet from each week. Um, so if you like uh, our dumb banter here, uh, get plenty more of it about uh, current events. Uh, and mostly conspiracy theories and juggalos. Um, <laughs> so if you want to check that, that comes out out that comes out every Thursday, just like this show. Yeah, this one's a um, juggalo heavy episode. Yeah, uh, kind yeah we we kind of went deep into the Hatchet Man lore. Um, but yeah, if you want to you know drop us a line, you can shoot us an email at goodbuddymedia at gmail dot com. We uh, we always check that every day. Uh, if you want us to talk about something or you want to share a a sick fan theory for the last four hours of this show. Um, go ahead and drop us a line. Uh, we'll uh, we'll check it out on air and uh, get back to you. So, uh, Curtis, how else can people help us out? Yeah, first things first. I am a fan of the Dark Carnival, so I'm surprised you guys didn't call me for this episode. Well, a little insulted. I didn't anyway, know. Yeah, come on, man. You know, I I know a little bit about you know drinking Fango root beer every once in a while. Uh, you know, go to the old 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 Juggalo wrestling. So. Oh, all right, we're gonna re-record. Clearly, <laughs> no, 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 too late now, friend. I don't want it anyway. Hey, fan, if you want to help us out, go ahead and subscribe to us on your podcast app of choice, whether it be iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Podcast Addict, anything like that. Subscribe, review, and rate us uh, to get us to move the charts to become the podcast dark enough that we should be. Um, and we'd be happy to see your comments and uh, kind of understand who's listening to this stuff every week. Which we appreciate it. I'm still a bit confused as to why you keep coming back, but thank you. Michael, tell the folks they can catch us on social media. Can't stop, won't stop. You know? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Um, yeah, you can find us at L D O O L Cast on Twitter. Uh you can find us on Facebook by searching Longest Days of Our Lives or uh searching for at L D O O L Cast on that as well. Um you know the the other way you can help us out is by, you know, retweeting, uh, sharing on Facebook, liking the posts, um, you know, commenting on on anything you, you uh, come across on Facebook or Twitter. Um, you know, and we appreciate everyone who's been sharing our posts, who's been uh, subscribing to us on Podbean and all the apps. Um, and we really appreciate it. And, you know, like Curtis said, I'm still amazed that people want to hear us talk about this show or anything else that we talk about. But, uh, you know, we love doing it. And so we really appreciate you guys tuning in. Yeah, for sure. Um, and uh, especially thanks to everyone on Cast Crunch who's been listening. Uh, we've uh, we got a whole influx of new fans coming back each week and going back to listening to all episodes. So uh, if you've caught up or are listening backwards, we, we appreciate that and uh, can't wait to, to keep pumping out episodes for you. Um, so guys, I think that's going to do it for us here tonight on longest days of our lives. Toodles. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, it's going to do it for us here on longest days of our lives. Fellas, we're running out of time. Toodles. If you need it, I'll be your black friend.